You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Remember, true believers, with great power comes great responsibility. And a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your hunk this time. <gasps> I'm Doge, and people will say I'm a chunk for what I've done, and maybe they're right. I always thought that I'd have more time. And I'm Carter, and on behalf of the fine people of New York and real rhinos everywhere, I ask you to put your mechanized paws in the air. Never! I chunk you! I kill you! <laughs> I destroy you! Very good. Is that Paul? Was Paul there? That was Paul. Can wow. I speak? Can we speak to Paul Giamatti? Can we speak? <laughs> Everyone's holding okay. hands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jordan. Yeah. What's the Giamatti with you? I'm just kidding. Why are you the hunk? Why are you what's kidding? The Why are you kidding about you? a joke? JK, don't actually tell us what. Just the kidding. Don't tell me what's Giamatti the Giamatti. Hey. Don't tell me what's the Giamatti with you. What's the Giamatti with you? What's the Giamatti with you? <laughs> Giamatti, oh. we gotta go back uh, to the future. <laughs> <laughs> Giamatti. It- <laughs> Italian Doc Brown. Giamatti McFly. Giamatti McFly and Dr. Pasta Brown. Pasta Brown. (laughs) Okay. I'm the hunk because I'm the Christmasest of all the boys. Mm. Congrats. Well, first of all, let me me start by saying (laughs) I did finally watch Klaus. Ooh. Oh. What do you think? Cry, crying, crying, you cried. Yeah. You crying in the three club movies. Was I. Three like, movies make holy. you cry: Spider-Man Two, Into the Spider-Verse, and Klaus. Here's what I've learned: I think <laughs> tied to Spider-Man or tied with Spider-Man because Iron Giant made me ball harder than any of them. Mm. I watched it once and I said, "No more. It's too sad." Tied with Spider-Man, my I've learned that my cry trigger in movies is like unconditional kindness, mm. just the purity of it. Yeah. yeah. Boils my eyeballs to tears. <laughs> I love it with every part of me. Klaus was amazing. It's a very good movie. That's not why I'm the hunk, though. But you should watch it. It's but you should watch so Klaus. Good. Klaus very is good. A, a bona fide Christmas classic. It is it's a classic. Amazing. A Christmas it's classic. A classic. No, the reason I'm the hunk is because I'm the Christmasist boy. I have this evening the third and final of three work Christmas parties in one wow. week. That's awesome. This my is job, the Christmas, Callie's the job, Christmas and my party job of- again. Christmas Future? Is that the mm-hmm. third one? Yeah. Yep. First one was okay. Christmas Pass. Yeah. So we had my Christmas my, Future. You're going to be doing some brain dances like in Cyberpunk. That's going to yes. be sweet. Yeah. A cyber party? So. That's amazing. Ooh. Yeah. They're going to call. They're going to call us Blade Runners. I. Yeah. Probably, dude. <laughs> the first party was a Christmas work party for my work. The second party was Christmas Doge work party for Kelly's work. And oh, my fun. third, the third one tonight is Christmas work party for my team only. 
Ooh. Oh, yo, the exclusive shout out to Cali's one. work Christmas parties. I used to go to those. Yeah, it's a uh, they're wild, pretty <laughs> nuts. <laughs> I met a real monkey. Uh, I I I met the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Wow, and some Is country it? band from TikTok. Oh, amazing! That I, okay, Carter's I got a monkey. Jordan's got a country band from TikTok and cheerleaders. Carter, can you beat country band from TikTok and cheerleaders? You have a monkey. What else can you add that would beat Jordan? I'm trying to think of another one that I went to. Three years Chelsea ago, the CEO of her company popped a bottle of champagne on the floor, on the dance floor, and uh, ruined a brand new pair of shoes that I bought. Um, that jerk. But I, could, I couldn't say anything because I would like for my wife to keep her job. Yeah. So I just yeah. boil with uh, sadness. Yeah. That's, That's your other cry button. That's my when other cry button. When your shoes when get ruined CEOs and you can't shoot somebody out about it. <laughs> uh, when CEOs ruin my shoes, I just get real weepy. C- crying in the club because my shoes got wet. It wasn't a club, actually. So, <laughs> You guys want to talk about a movie? Yeah. Yes. That feels better than this, for sure. <laughs> no, we are going to wrap up the amazing Spider-Man portion of our Spider-Man series with the second Mark Webb-directed Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone starring vehicle known as The, the Amazing, amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. Stacy dies. Stin Gwacy dies. Rip. Rip Gwendolyn. Doge synopsis so that we may begin. I'm going to do something that I don't usually do. And that is read two synopses from IMDb. Oh, good. Because one of them is an actual certified stinker that is one sentence long. Oh, good. The bad one. I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to say that it sprung out of the head of Zeus like Athena. Because Athena is the goddess of wisdom and this person didn't even try. This mystery person, who was too ashamed to sign their name, writes, When New York is put under siege by Oscorp, What? (laughs) It is up to Spider-Man to save the city he swore to protect as well as his loved ones, period. Somebody wrote that sentence and said, That's that's what this movie is. That's not what this movie is. What? People don't watch movies, right? It's an employee. It's an employee of Oscorp. Coming out of the shadows to save all of us, arriving on the scene in the nick of time, is longtime collaborator, yes, pro- probably zero-time listener, Nick Reganis. Come on, Nick Reganis. Nick Reganis writes, My fighting crime, once. I, would love, I would love to have Nick Reganis on the show. Fighting crime and protecting New York City is a dangerous full-time job. And Peter Parker, two years after his battle with the mega-criminal lizard in The Amazing Spider-Man 2012... <laughs> Finds himself bound by his promise to Stacy's late father, struggling to stand by his word in the meantime as Peter's old friend, Harry Osborne, inherits Oscorp Industries and a deadly retrovirus from his father, Norman. A tragic accident gives birth to a new supervillain, Electro, the human power plant. <laughs> now, with the emergence of the unstoppable Green Goblin, the same the stage seems set for the ultimate confrontation, a fight that could forever alter the course of Peter Parker's life. Can Spider-Man avert the rise of Electro and get the girl? Rise of Electro, by the way, was the subtitle for this movie in international markets. It was The Amazing Spider-Man 2 colon Rise of Electro. Is Nick Raganis international? Is he, is he across, across the, the pond? Perhaps? I'm not sure. There's probably some water between us and Nick Can Raganis. I be honest? Nick yeah. delivers every time. Nick, Nick doesn't miss. 
He's the Hawkeye of synopsis. How do you spell his name? R-I-G-A-N-A-S. Oh, did you mean Nick? <laughs> yes. I love him. Dosh, this, this movie... Sucks? ...is a dad that has spilled ketchup and mustard all over his pants. And by that, I mean this is a real sloppy poppy. Can you explain <laughs> to me... <laughs> Can Very you good. explain to me? That was almost that was almost like a Ted Lassoism. <laughs> Why? Why is this so bad? Because the whole movie is a trailer for movies that didn't happen. Uh, we have uh, Felicity Jones playing Felicia Hardy. This was her introduction for a Black which Cat they solo never movie. Say by the way, which they never say. They say her name is Felicia, but they never say her last name is Hardy until the credits, and we are supposed to go. <gasps> No way, that was Black Cat the whole time? Apparently a lot of her scenes were cut. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Shailene Woodley was cast as Mary Jane Watson. Her and Peter had a lot of scenes together. They cut every single one of them. Whoa. Uh, there, we get the whole tour of all of the, the gear, the kits for the Sinister Six down in the basement of Oscorp for a Sinister Six solo movie written by Drew Goddard that actually never happened. Uh, we get... Uh, the tease of Peter's parents being spies that was going to tie into an Aunt May solo movie that never happened. Uh, all leading to an Amazing Spider-Man 3 that, spoilers, never happened. It's a complete, this movie is a complete disaster. It is hard for me to identify a super dump because I hate everything about this movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I identified Ugh. a super dump um, and I guess I'll go ahead and do it really quickly now because it, it, it is germane to our discussion currently. Because my super dump, there's only one option for me, and it is the script because it is terrible. Yeah, yeah. The And, and that's all-encompassing, by the way. The story sucks. They made horrible decisions here. I cannot believe the things that they have chosen to combine, the things they have chosen to bury, and the things they have chosen to cut. The dialogue is expository and painful yeah. to sit through. Um, the it's pacing is bad. atrocious. It is the, all bad. The, I Man, I really thought, like there was a part of me that was like, man, I think this is going to be Spider-Man 3 again, where I, I remember it worse than it is, and I go in and it's still really fun, at least. It is not. These, these two movies have had the opposite. Of, I remembered them much more fondly than they actually are. They yep. feel... Like, we've talked about how DCOMs before are time capsules for the era in which they premiered on Disney Channel. Right. This is the 2014-est movie of all time. The needle drops in this movie are actively terrible. They're incredibly 2014, except for the Philip Phillips song, which was old when this movie came out. Dude, what a wild Ugh. decision to that just have Philip Phillips play nuts. while Peter punch Has dances this like Hot Rod. Sort of like manic episode where he... Re, re wallpapers his bedroom with his conspiracy theory board that we never see again. Yeah, so this is weird. this is good. This this can bring me into last last week we introduced a bit notes from Jordan's phone. Um, mm -hmm. This is notes from Kevin Feige's phone. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Uh, in 2014, during the WikiLeaks uh, era of time, what? 2015. Oh, sorry. In 2015, during the WikiLeaks era of time. One of the things that was leaked was an email from Kevin Feige to the, the crew that had worked on the amazing It was to Amy Pascal. Uh, about a screener that he had seen of the movie. And he has about, I won't read them all. There's just way too many. You should look it up. It's incredible. But he has about probably 30 notes on this movie. And I think they took two of them. 
I, dude, I don't, I didn't, I read all of them yesterday as soon as I finished watching this movie. I don't think they changed anything. They did. Uh, they did. There are no scenes of New Yorkers looting. Oh, yeah. That was taken out. There you out. go. Fair. Um, and they Were they did looting during the blackout, I guess? They, yes. And they did what end up using VFX to show Electro blasting from one spot to another. Yeah. Okay. Um, other than that, there were no notes taken. But I do want to say one of the notes that is, uh, so this says, Andrew's performance is all over the place. A lot of crying and then a lot of mania. Hard to track him emotionally sometimes. It undermines his reaction to Gwen's death because he gets upset and emotional a lot. A lot. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the only other note that I'm going to read from him, just because it feels lazy to read what is obviously the best possible feedback on this movie on our show. So I don't want to keep reading that. But you could cut out Plane Crash and Richard destroying spiders and start on yeah. the armored car. Don't start with Spider-Man. Let the danger and stakes to New York City build first and then have Spider-Man enter the scene heroically. He has a lot of notes regarding Richard Parker and the story. Because that of stuff does being a chosen oh one. Oh my gosh. That is awful. It's really it's terrible. Really Carter, it's this was your first bad. watch. Were you, <laughs> after last week's The Amazing Spider-Man misadventure, the misamazing, the misamazing, unamazing Spider-Man, were you, how did you, were you excited to watch this? I wasn't because it was both unpredictable and predictable at the same time. It, it was walking the line of being very bad, but not bad enough to be fun. And that's yeah. my least favorite movie watching experience. Right. Something that's just not like Breaking Dawn Part Two is a blast. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because it is, it is so bad. Right. But this was like, I mean, it would have been a great Gossip Girl finale. Like it's like, <laughs> like there's there's worlds where this works. <laughs> I, think, I think not. It's absolutely not a movie about Peter Parker. Right. I should never feel like at any moment. That Peter Parker, not Spider-Man, Peter Parker would have been cooler than me in high school. <laughs> yeah. Right. And from the from the jump, Andrew Garfield was that. And in this one, I think he's mourning what he knows will be the last Spider-Man movie he's ever in. <laughs> Maybe that's his like legitimate, raw, genuine emotions. Maybe him and Emma were already on the outs. And he's like, this is tough to watch my former girlfriend die like is it the same day that they broke up right. they film the scene where she dies like it's it's really bad and i'm realizing there's this thing there's these interesting like intrapersonal phenomenons that happen when we watch movies that we've called out before and one of them that was even mentioned last week was when we lose ourselves in the screen right right yeah but then there's another one that i thought of that is like when you think about a movie it's almost like how you think about a person like if someone says Jordan wonders to me, I can't help but have an image mentally of him honestly kind of wearing what he's wearing now, all black with a hat on backwards laughing. Mm. Like some of my mm. closest friends, I imagine them laughing. When I think about The Amazing Spider-Man 2, all I see is like a swollen red face of Andrew Garfield talking yeah. to Emma Stone. And this is supposed to be an, a superhero movie. I can't remember. It's so much harder to naturally... Uh, off the cuff recall any of the action of this movie as it is the 85 minutes of just breaking up. Yes. And it is oh my gosh. such a retread of movie one, dude. Yes. I can't think of right now a bigger juxtaposition between two movies in a in the same world, I guess, even though Tom Holland's Spider-Man is feels completely different. But to go from this 
to Spider-Man Homecoming? Right? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? I wonder if… I never got to have the experience of that, right? I never saw the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Right. All I ever had was Toby and Tom, and it was great. And yeah, then, that's great. I wish I lived in that world. But imagine having the Andrew Garfield movie, and then you watch Homecoming, and you're like, wait a minute. Is this movie as good as I think it is? Or is it just because it came after the right. Amazing I think Spider-Man 2? I think it's did because it has such a unique identity. That? Yeah, I think for yeah. me, like, Homecoming felt like such a breath of fresh air because the Raimi movies are so intensely stylized. Mm-hmm. And Homecoming, Far From Home, presumably No Way Home, are so very, like, hey, this is, this is Ferris Bueller in spandex. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you, and these are just so bland. It is, this is mm-hmm. unsalted brown rice. Yeah. Yeah, did, have, have y'all seen about— uh, So yesterday, well, okay, so December 9th. Yeah. Hot Ones had its season 16 finale and it's with Tom Holland. I would recommend oh, cool. all of you awesome. as a primer for No Way Home. Obviously, we've been talking about Haley Steinfeld's media junket for Hawkeye. You know, Tom Holland and Zendaya, they're everywhere. Everybody's yeah. everywhere. That's ever yep. been in a spider movie right now. And you should really watch that. And one of the things that he talks about is one of his favorite things about making these Spider-Man movies is the director had asked them to watch uh, all the John Hughes films. Yeah. To get ready. Cool. For the vibe of Spider-Man. Cool. And it's perfect. And Tom Holland, though, says himself that he felt like Ferris Bueller was the oh, biggest cool. vibe that he was trying to do in terms Great. of playing Peter Parker. He's like this kid that is pretty capable, that's kind of doing things that could get him in trouble, but ultimately he's got a good heart. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah. oh, th- that makes absolute sense. That's cool. kind of well, what that it's is supposed the, to that be. That is the polar opposite to Andrew Garfield's Peter. It, this This doesn't feel... Yeah. Anything like a Peter Parker that I would recognize. I, I'm, I don't want to pull the nerd card, but I've read hundreds of issues of The Amazing Spider-Man, and this Peter Parker appears in precisely none of them. Yeah. Little things, like he has to watch a YouTube tutorial on how to magnetize his web shooters. Are you kidding yeah. me? Why does he have to watch a YouTube tutorial on that? This is Peter Parker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he yeah, struggles and- to push his desk out of the way. When he's having one of his many manic episodes and he makes his conspiracy theory wall, he like has to grunt and strain pretty hard to move his desk. Are you yeah. kidding me? He catches Spider Man like twenty yeah. minutes later. Yeah, the foundation of the character of Peter Parker, whether you're a Spider Head or not, and we've said this already, is there's really not a, a superhero, a popular superhero that feels the closest to you, the viewer, that feels like you could be them, that you can relate to. I think, yeah, on on a lot of levels, absolutely. And so it's like that's the friendly neighborhood Spider Man. So it becomes more offensive when you get it this wrong. It's like, do you even know me? (laughs) It's so strange though, because I think like, this is the criticism I gave of The Last Jedi when I walked out of the theaters. Like that is a very confusing and uneven movie because it has some of the highest highs of of the franchise and some of the lowest lows of the franchise. I think The Amazing Spider-Man 2 has some really high highs though. I agree. I think there is some stuff it gets really, really right. I agree. But it's that's probably that's probably four percent of this movie that it actually does a good job with. I think the, one of the biggest issues with the Amazing Spider-Man series, but specifically this movie, is exactly what you're talking about. It's emblematic, or or, or the the desk scene is emblematic of the issue. Peter and Spider-Man are two different characters in this, portrayed by the same actor. Yeah, uh, disconnected in almost every way. Mm-hmm. Their personalities are different. It's like when he puts on the mask, he becomes a different person. Yeah. Become another person. Become another person. <laughs> like Peter's no longer there. When he's not in the suit, he struggles to move a desk. Yeah. Like when he's yeah. Spider-Man, he is selfless and helpful. And when he is Peter, he is selfish and whiny. Yeah. 
It is absolutely. It is hard to watch and much harder than that to care about at all. Yeah, which is shocking. Like I, I probably watched this movie. I mean, I know I bought the Blu-ray, the Target exclusive version of the Blu-ray that was DVD Blu-ray combo pack, and it came with another disc. Uh, that said, Spider-Man colon, something sinister this way comes. And it was a bunch of little like trailers and documentaries about the then upcoming Sinister, Sinister Six, Six movie. Yeah. And to me, that is just, that's exactly what this is. It's a, it's a two hour long trailer. It is, it is two hours of the scene of Lex Luthor playing all the trailers he made for the different Justice League characters. But it's yeah. an entire movie of that. Right. Okay, here's the thing. It's tough. Before, this is not my super pump, I want to be very clear, but I want to talk about something and I can feel Doge specifically you interrupting me already. Like I can feel it happening. So let I me finish we, Listen, we, we never interrupt each other on this show. As I was saying before you interrupted me, let me finish my thought before you jump in on this. I hate the electro like, Spider-Man, I hate that guy. He makes me very angry and I punch him in his face. Yeah, like I hate that song. It's terrible. The rest of the music in this movie slaps pretty hard though. <laughs> Go ahead. The music in this movie is by Hans Zimmer and the Magnificent Six. Is I Magnificent don't know Six Junkie XL? Junkie XL, I believe, is one of the Magnificent Six. Okay. So... I don't know this for a fact, but it feels like Hans Zimmer had no input on this script. It feels like he was on an executive soundtrack on, the, on the soundtrack. It feels yeah. like he was an executive producer yeah. and he put his name down. Yeah. Uh, he did the same thing for like one of his interns, Klaus Badelt, Badlet, however you, however you spell it, wrote the Pirates of the Caribbean theme. Mm. The thing that Hans is most known for, wrote that theme. He scored all of Pirates of the Caribbean and Hans said, great, you're part of my team. I'm going to take your themes that you wrote and expand them into a bunch of big, loud soundscapes for every other Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I am incredibly out on Hans Zimmer. The Spider-Man theme in this is particularly egregious. There's a tune from the 40s, uh, one of the most famous pieces of American concert music called Fanfare for the Common Man. This was written for soldiers going off to fight in World War II. And it starts with this beautiful horn solo. Uh, that was a huge inspiration for John Williams for the, the Superman theme. The melody of Fanfare for the Common Man is exactly the melody of the Spider-Man theme in this movie. We just 100% rip this famous piece of American concert music for our Spider-Man theme, and we play it on this big, blasty trumpet. It just it is so tonally all over the place. I actually, the music was very nearly my super dump because it never slows down. Yeah. I don't care about any of what you just said. Uh, it's cool. The the <laughs> Spider-Man theme is cool. I have never heard uh, theme song for, for regular boys or whatever you said it's called. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Um, so the his theme song, I thought the opening with him flying in and the suit rippling and the theme song playing is very cool. I think that the music is a lot of fun, particularly... Uh, minus the man, this. Other than that, the electro stuff is very good musically. I think it's very interesting and different. Um, yeah, this yeah. is certainly different from other superhero scores, right? I think it's cool soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like Hans. I just think I don't like Hans Zimmer, and I do uh, like Hans Zimmer. So there you go. Yeah, so that's how we're. Dang. That is the main difference juicy between spice. us. Juicy, juicy spice, juicy spice. Just like I don't remember norm, that my one. Normal character self on the show. I'm somewhere in between. 
that's why I feel like you, the the listener. <laughs> Carter's the common man. I feel I, like that's what that man. song was yeah. written for. Was Fanfare for the Carter man. man. Yeah, I feel like our our whole show is just we provide two contrasting, very hard stances, and we say, Carter, now choose who's right. And we both put down cups of pudding, and we're like, "Come here, boy." Yep. Come here. <laughs> I was thinking the same. Which one's the clown? I can't say. Man, it changes. Man. That's tough. Definitely That's tough. me. That's real tough. There's a lot to unpack. There's a reason I think we've been hanging off on like general story beats and character conversation, um, because that is where most of this movie, both faults and strengths, lie. I think. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously we're, we're getting close to our halfway point, so we're about to break. So I'm hesitant to jump into anything too terribly intense. So uh, why don't we just go ahead and uh, take a poo-poo all over Dane DeHaan's Goblin real quick? I mean, why don't we just go ahead and do that? Oh, that man. That should take a couple minutes. Oh, it's man. It's so strange. It's terrible. What, what an absolutely bizarre choice. He exists only to set up the Sinister Six movie that, again, never happened. Here, I want to be very clear. Dane DeHaan is... The, I've seen him in one other thing, and he was awesome in it. He is unbelievably terrible in He's this. He's really, really bad in this movie. Unbelievably bad. bad. Carter, what did, you, what did you think about getting another Green Goblin? Were you surprised by this? Did you know this was 100%, happening in this? 100%. I had no idea that he was back. I thought Oscorp was just going to be this looming, like, hey, this exists in this world, and we're only ever going to use the structure of it. But to have him show up, I think, like, 45 minutes in? Maybe? Mm. Yeah. And he becomes a pretty integral part of one the narrative. Of, one of Feige's notes was, hey, if you want to keep Goblin in your finale, maybe him coming back to see his dad should be the cold open instead of Spider-Man's father beating the has trash out of somebody on an airplane. <laughs> so the moment we introduce Harry Osborn mm-hmm. and we start to see the interactions between him and Peter, it feels like Harry's like not, he's constantly trying to be like, okay, I definitely know who farted, but I don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> like, the way he talks is so interesting. And at that moment, I mean, when they are on the shore and they're just talking about life and girls and stuff, that's when it really did feel like Gossip Girl. Like, with the music that was playing 100%. in the background. Gosh. It totally felt like an XOXO which, Spider-Man Which one of moment. them was— Who was being surveilled in that moment? Harry. They were surveilling Harry? I think so. Because but it's it his was bodyguard. Like yeah. But it felt very successful. But it's because like, they're it trying to frame like him for something? He's taking over the... I mean, they were real quick to, uh, you know, oust him. Oh, yeah. I'm, as I'm soon as they could. And I think it was... Inscrutable movie. But yeah, their relationship was like really strange. And it was just so blatant. It was like, I don't think you had to be someone who connects the dots with storylines and have any kind of history to be like, hey, this is lazy. Yeah. It's like, man, I haven't seen you. It was like, it was a moment of Vin Diesel screaming all alone. Yeah. In one of the Fast and Furious moments when Harry's just like, and then you put me in boarding school. <laughs> and it was just like, wait, what? The whole goblin disease, the, the <laughs> retroviral hyperplasia. Yeah. I didn't tell you. It's genetic. And don't worry, Chris Cooper turns into an actual green goblin with claws in this movie. Yeah. And he becomes Mysterio's dad when he's building a rocket. It's all so strange. <laughs> it doesn't uh, make any sense. I, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's like, hey, you're going to blow up someday 
in, from the insides. Is Chris Cooper the dad in October Sky? Was that the joke you yeah, just? Yeah, that t- that took me a while to get there. <laughs> he was. It's a it's oh, the, it's the whole man, universe. Dude. You guys got to do your research. That's so um, good. <clears throat> yeah, that <clears throat> was just absolutely bizarre. It was such a. It was yeah. honestly such a mess. So I it's think we mess. can we can definitively prove that when Peter Parker's best friend becomes a goblin, it becomes the worst movie. It's bad in the franchise. Yeah. There is a rumor that that uh, so like the confirmed villains for Spider Man No Way Home. There's five of them, uh, and we typically with Spider Man stories operate on a basis of the Sinister Six. And there's a rumor that Peter's friend Ned could follow the same trajectory of a, a different Ned. Uh, so basically, the the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are Peter Parker stories, but they have Miles Morales as supporting casts. Ned's Miles' story? best friend uh, is is basically what Ned is, uh, but Ned leads is a different character in the Amazing Spider-Man stories. Uh, sorry, not these movies. The comics called the Amazing Spider-Man. Ned Leeds is traditionally a different character who at one point becomes the Hobgoblin. And so there is currently a rumor that maybe Ned's the sixth, the final member of the Sinister Six. And I'm here to tell you definitively that if Peter's best friend becomes a goblin, the movie's terrible. Why do you do this? Why do you feel the need to shine your flashlight down the narrowest alley on the street and go, wouldn't it be terrible if we went down that alley? <laughs> because, because it's he's a way anticipating it. Yeah, it's I have to be prepared for every threat. Yeah. If he can be like, listen, I happen to know that they were moving that piano up to that sixth floor apartment. I'm not going to walk there. <laughs> See how it falls on that person? Mm-hmm. I'm just sure. playing, I'm playing coming. emotional minesweeper. I'm just letting you know, if we click this square, we will like, see a four. We're four squares away. Yes. There were a lot of Spider-Men you were talking about. So you're saying if Ned in No Way Home turns into the goblin? Yes. You won't uh, like No Way Home? I'm just saying, historically, that might indicate that it will be a bad movie. I, all I'm saying is that when Peter's best friend becomes a goblin, the movie ends up being bad. It's more of a joke than a more of a joke than anything else. It's not funny. It's is that's it? my friend Spider-Man, and it's not funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish um, we would stop making jokes on this podcast. It's too silly in here. <laughs> Why did? I mean, so it's like his hair. Why did his yeah. hair? <laughs> Do that and because it's his, supposed to look like the he, goblin's like purple link hat yeah, that he wears. Why did his teeth do that? And he just started talking. Dude, apparently like, they toned down <laughs> the teeth. No way. Yeah, oh apparently the original goblin transformation gave test audience children nightmares, so they had to tone down the transformation because he was too yucky. Oh my god! Nightmares because it of how like, terrible it is. It's. I just uh, like that is, the, apparently the goblin disease teases yeah. and thins adult hair. <laughs> like it's just like male pattern baldness and like Texas women hair teasing at the same time is what it does. Um, the goblin, the, my only note on my phone, it was all encompassing for goblin. All caps. Goblin sucks. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. Can't believe, I cannot, of all the things in this movie, it's not even my super dumb because as I said, the script was because it encompasses everything. But of all the things in this movie, goblin is the thing that I cannot Believe it's so, got a green I'm light. Absolutely so shocked that. And is I in see this what movie. you did with the green light. I think when his teeth transform, when his mouth transform, it was better suited for like speaking on behalf of Sauron outside of yeah. the black <laughs> right. Like it was like so absolutely. I bizarre. think I honestly think Goblin's only in this movie because we wanted Gwen Stacy to die, and Goblin kills Gwen. 
in the comics. Whatever, dude. Yeah. But even I mean, then, that's to, Norman. They had to stay canon, you know? Yeah, for we real. Have, we can't invent anything. I, I, I'll speak for myself only. I still have a lot of things that I want to talk about. But before we get to any of that, I know you guys are probably done talking. I'll probably talk the back half by myself. I know yeah. you don't have any more thoughts. But yeah. uh, before we get to any of that, it is time for Shopping Notes. Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Big shout out to uh, Joey Fatone, star of our off IR conversation just before we began shout announcements. Can't really remember how we even got there, but Joey Fatone, you're doing great work. Keep it up. I'd like to talk about something important. For once. For once in my life. That'd be a nice change. You sure you can handle that? For once in my life. I'll talk about something important. I would like to talk about what we are reviewing next week. Oh, yeah. To end our Spider-Man series. Yes. It's no way home, y'all. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, I don't know what it's going to be. No one does. Someone does. But it, Some that person's do. not me. I am so pumped out of my mind for this movie. This is end game levels of hype across the global, and I I am all about it. Across the global, across the global, I think. Yeah, you ready for some bold prediction? Predict. I predict that Spider Man No Way Home will be one of Justin Dozier's top two favorite MCU movies. Oh, of all time so far. So yeah, that and Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, it's a really huge possibility. It's my prediction. Mm. I'll co- Hey, you know what? I'll co-sign. What is my number one favorite? I don't remember. Have I told you? I don't I'm know. sure I've said that at some point. I think you love Winter Soldier. I think you love Civil War. Ragnarok. Yeah. Uh, I think my number one favorite I, is Endgame. Honestly, I think that might be mine too. Yeah, it was just such yeah. an Infinity experience. War. I don't know. There's lots of good ones. These Marvel these Marvel movies are pretty good. Hey guys, guys I. I'm not afraid to say it. I think Marvel's I think, fun and good. I yeah, I, I yeah. like them. I actually like to yeah, watch them. Speaking of bold take, geez. Um, I there's there are also lots of good ones that listen to our podcast. Good ones. Um, and yeah, I think everyone's doing a great job. We've got all the reviews that we need. Um, thank you for answering the call. Sorry uh, if I was a little rude the last two weeks. Is it opposite day? Um, and yeah, just keep uh, just keep living your life. You don't have to rate and review. If you haven't yet, because why would you? He's transforming. His teeth are sharpening. His nails Retroviral hyperplasia. His hair is being teased and thinned as we speak. Why aren't you reading? <laughs> why aren't you reviewing? That's just going to be unpleasant to listen to. I, I hate you. <laughs> All we needed was your reviews and your blood. <laughs> Why? Do we need blood? Do we? I mean, there will be. Ooh, well, I drink your milkshake. We have to, I mean, we do need it for the... If we don't bring the podcast god, the dark podcast daemon, like a pint of human blood once every full moon, he does, he does claim our souls and drag us back to pod hell. That's the only way we get to True. stay on this plane. So review it's us true. and please mail us Save your blood. Lives. 
<laughs> I think the funniest thing from There Will Be Blood to quote is I've abandoned my boy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I play League of Legends. And a lot Have of you the heard time of Arcane? You're not, Have you heard of Arcane, Carter? <laughs> As someone who genuinely supports things that my friends love, <laughs> and I'm curious about things that they love, I am… This is like an Andrew Garfield kind of twist here. <laughs> that all of a sudden, we've totally changed the narrative. And I'm being made fun of. <laughs> Nerd, I can't believe you like something. Unbelievable. Hey, I'll watch it. I'm really busy through the rest of this year, but I promise you, I'll watch it in the new Thanks, year. Thanks, man. You got time for No Way Home. Okay. And this podcast. Because <laughs> if, I, if I don't watch No Way Home, then I don't get to be on the episode. And keep your cute puppy alive and stuff. Anyway, Carter, what were you going to say before we were rude? I don't know if it matters, honestly. That's a good point. Let's get back to the show. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can I super pump, please? Yes. Guys, I really enjoyed watching Electro move and fight and blow things up. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I thought that was fun. Yeah. I thought him turning into just the energy and choosing to go different. I mean, it was awful that he was playing the Spider-Man or uh, the Itsy Bitsy Spider on the like energy turbine. <laughs> so hold on. Yeah, that hold was on. pretty dumb. That could have been awesome. I think if, if yeah. Electro had shown any sort of like humor like that prior, if he had been playful at all, I actually think that's really fun. If we had let Jamie Foxx be Jamie Foxx, so yes, yeah. instead of saddling him with this totally bizarre character that he has. No, to hold play. on though. Yeah. Hold on. Because well, I wanna, he started as well. Well, I just want to co-sign with you, Carter. My super dump is a more general super pump? electro. Yeah. My super pump is electro. Okay. And specifically, I think a little bit of like what could have been. Like Yeah, sure. The, the, these glimpses of there's these glimpses of awesome. In there, um, I think the character design is really good, actually. Like, I think he looks cool. Um, to see his insides. Yeah, inside. like, I think he yeah. looks really cool. I think I love the idea of a villain that is scared of what he's capable of doing. The scene where Spider-Man yeah. is talking to him and he's like, hey, 
hey, I don't want to hurt you. You don't want to hurt me. Let's just go talk about it. Let's get away from this water. Let's get away from these people. That's very Spider-Man. That's uh-huh. very cool to have a villain that, that the the borderline megalomania of like, why are the cameras not on me anymore? I finally am being seen. It's interesting. Um, it, it, it all could have worked. And I think that's why it's my super pump because I enjoy when Jamie Foxx is on screen in this movie. I, I do like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird because it was kind of like we had John Cena and then we put him in a fast movie. Right. Like the fact that we lose any personality mm-hmm. kind of. But when and, he's mad, this is at the Jamie Foxx. But when he's awkward, yeah, Max, that's what he's I'm saying. Good. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing I don't, a great awkward Max. Yeah. Awkward Max just feels like a misstep to me. I feel like that is. <laughs> Electro is my super dump for this movie. All right, fair enough. Oh, Electro is my least favorite thing about this movie. You could remove Electro Wait, what? completely. What your least favorite thing about this movie? That's kind of ridiculous. If you remove Electro completely from this movie, nothing changes. But also, that's probably not fair to say because there's any number of things you could remove from this movie and nothing changes yeah, because right. ultimately there is nothing happening in this movie. Yeah. But like the script treatment of Electro, Electro's motivations are impossible to track. He gets a superpower from falling into a tank of electric eels. Uh, and then, like, his whole his motivation just does not hang together Agreed. for me. It, yeah. The writing does him such a disservice. He's fine as Awkward Max if we cut the scene in his apartment where he's having a conversation with himself and he's yeah, playing the role of Max and Spider-Man. Max. Because then it's, I feel bad the whole time that Spider-Man is beating up this guy in the middle of a mental health episode. This right. is, that's what Batman does. People break out of the, <laughs> break out of Arkham and he punches them until they admit that they're criminally you know, insane. He's, he's very, I don't want to say very similar, but it feels kind of like Uma Thurman Poison Ivy. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like he stumbles upon the perfect combination of something to kind of make him cool. And then you don't really know why he's so why is cool he doing now and any his motivations have completely right. changed. And why do you hate Spider-Man His now? motivation you when he talks to Dr. Kafka. always Kafka. was the most popular. Because that Spider-Man's line. my enemy. That is the worst line in this movie, though. What? I'm going to show you how it feels to live in my world. A world without power. Yeah. A world without Spider-Man. Yeah, that that's only no in sense. there so that yeah, can be in the dumb. trailer. That yeah, that sucks. No it's dumb. That all makes no sense. I Again… I'm standing by it because I really like Electro. I think he is cool. He is very fun to watch. That's Carter. I agree with I you. Mean, like his fighting is it's so fun to cool. watch Spider-Man chase lightning. Yeah. Good like, news. He's really back. Cool. He's back in No Way Home. Jamie Foxx is is back. We're mm-hmm. bringing him forward mm-hmm. into the next one. We're gonna watch next week. It's because in all of his notes, Feige knew. I think he's gonna flex. This will be Feige's biggest. Flex. Oh, absolutely. I th- he was I reportedly a big fan of Jamie Foxx as Electro. He was like, this is great he's casting. He's going to come in yeah. and he's just going to do it all right. Yeah. And going to make, there is never going to be more of a pound your face into the dirt of the Amazing Spider-Man series than what No Way Home <laughs> is going to do. No, It will be completely worthless. It's only to go back and point and laugh. Yeah. I think if you, it's going to convert anyone that is an apologist, and I've never met one that's an apologist for the Amazing Spider-Man series, They'll, they'll be reluctantly converting to saying like, yeah, you know what? Those were bad because I saw much better yeah. versions of everything the Amazing Spider-Man that has came some from The Amazing pr- Spider-Man. This, these movies have some pretty diehard fans. Yeah, if people like these movies, they typically love them and will defend them endlessly. The, um, 
what's it called again? Not generator. Um, power plant. The power plant. The power plant fight is textbook, dude. What do you mean? Like it's a textbook Spidey fight. All the jumps and the flips and the bright yeah, lights. It's like it's a ton of fun to watch. That is a high having, point of this movie. Having Max be the person who designed the power plant is phenomenally yeah, stupid to me. Really, really dumb. Phenomenally He's stupid. Just kind of contrived. a nobody. Why did he build the pl- or why did he design the plant? Well, it's because we needed to make Oscorp seem villainous because he designed it. They stole his design, and so he wasn't seen. Nobody paid attention to him. Right. So he's basically Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, I guess his so. His face in the building <laughs> Os- is Oscorp tight. is Hans Zimmer. His yeah. face in the building is very cool. Can I super pump? Yeah. My super pump is the visual would. effects of this movie. Yeah, Pers- that's really good. Particularly the swinging is so great. On, on my Blu-ray that I own, the Target limited edition three-disc version, which Ooh. I bought because I felt obligated to. I think like, that's limited, quite like a super franchise of a retail store. Exactly. Uh, it's only sold at every Target in the whole world, so better act quickly. Um, they talked about, they like went into in depth about like the physics calculations of like we're running a physics sim on Spider-Man as he shoots a web to see exactly how the momentum would carry him through to his next swing. And so it's it's for the 10 of you that this matters to, mathematically accurate the way Spider-Man moves through Very the city good. in this movie. Very good. Uh, but even the way that the suit looks like real fabric and it like ripples in the breeze, that's mm-hmm. incredible. The visual effects in this movie are mm-hmm. so, so good. Yeah. And the stuff with Electro is really fun. Those are great visual effects. Yeah, There I are agree. things yeah. like the Goblin, which are stupid story-wise, but our, our Viz effects team did the best they could with bad designs and bad script. I have yeah, one more CG, and this Goblin is really good. specific Ew. note. Okay. Which is um why is he why is he laughing when he shows up to the power plant? Cuz it's funny, dude. Cuz it's, you know, it's the chemicals it's make so you laugh. funny. Dude, it's it's so funny. The chemicals make you laugh. That's probably it. I was just checking. Um okay. It's because the the iconic Power Ranger suit that was Defoe's Goblin is smiling. Yeah, and so they're like, we have to make sure that people know this. I is saw a criticism of these movies online that say they feel like they're more based on the Raimi verse than actual comics. Mm, interesting. Like, huh, this super does feel like a remix of Sam Raimi Spider Man rather than taking inspiration from any comic book I've ever read. Yeah, yeah. They played telephone. Yeah, very interesting. I like that take actually. Yeah, that feels that feels pretty accurate because the the notable thing we pull from the comics here is obviously the Amazing Spider-Man issue one twenty one, which is by the way the time on the clock on the clock tower. It's one twenty one a.m. when Quite when Stacy dies. Uh, that was almost my super pump. This like to the circumstances you had to comb with that fine toothed comb to find that super pump. Yeah, the circumstances surrounding the death of Gwen Stacy are beyond stupid. But from the moment that she's falling and and Spider-Man fails to save her, that's really well done. That's Hard a really disagree. like you don't think that's good at all. Hard disagree. Okay. Talk to me <clears> about I have, it. I actually have a lot of notes about this scene specifically. Okay. Uh, I'm only gonna zero in on two. This clock tower is eldritch in nature. <laughs> it is roughly five stories high from the outside and 200 yes. stories tall on the inside. She falls. Well, good thing we have a big giant mechanical Notre Dame clock tower. Bingo. At a power plant. So that's, yeah. that's, no, that's, that's another thing. The clock tower design is stupid. <laughs> the way that she falls and we stylize it with all of the falling gears and all that stuff. Go do it in an actual old clock if you want to have that happen. 
Yeah. And then the other thing is Webhand. Webhand sucks. That's stupid. Webhand ruins the oh, whole yeah. scene for me. Yeah. That it made a hand. Webhand ruins so the stupid. entire scene for me. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about from the moment the web touches her to the hard stop of yeah. her when Peter the snaps stones. her back. The stones yeah. to show stones. the Emma stones. The Emma stones to show her die die. That's what I'm talking about. Like from the second the web touches her, I like it. But everything about before the, the, the half a second where Emma Stone's body shatters into a million pieces, <laughs> you love that. Big and, fan. And Peter's reaction to it and his motivation to keep moving. Sure. I think from there until the end of the movie, that's the end of a different movie. That feels like that's the end of the movie Mark Webb wanted to make. In the middle with all the electro, all the trailers, all the goblin is the movie Sony wanted him to make right. so that they could yeah. advertise for their future projects. I'll co-sign that. Again, I agree. Sony getting their greedy fingers in their Spider-Man movies and saying, this has to, this has to be what we want. It can't be a movie. It has to be an ad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, there is. Can we talk about how awful it is from a Spider-Man perspective? Spider-Man is my favorite fictional character of all time. I think that's probably pretty clear. Five movies deep in this series. Uh, can we talk about how awful it is from a Spider-Man perspective that his whole motivation, he wants to date Gwen but won't because her dad said not to? We talked about this last week. Yeah. That has to be something he arrives at himself. It's so dumb. It's unbelievable they that they externalized that, that conflict. down to just... Bail on New York? Yeah. They're that college relationship of like a good buddy that you're like, yes. you just break up. Yes. Yeah. Do something. Stop doing this, taking a break. Crap. Yeah. My super dump is Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like anything about Peter Parker. I don't feel sorry for Peter Parker. It's and it's so it's such an upside down world <laughs> to not like Peter Parker. I know. But yeah, sure. Andrew Garfield's a great actor, but why did he have to do this? Why was it written this way? He feels every bit of like too cool and too emotional. And but that's what's so funny though is like when Tom Holland or even Tobey Maguire is emotional, it, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah, like it's like man, that that really stinks. But yeah, I think when we were talking about earlier in this episode about him crying over. Gwen feels no different than him crying over Gwen earlier. Yeah. In the alleyway and him crying over his parents. And I just don't, it's it's just, it's too yeah. much. It's just absolutely over the top. And I, you know, I joke about it feeling like Gossip Girl, but it does feel. Mm -hmm. CW like presents Spider-Man, It's just meant to, I think the people, I, I wonder if the people that are just so, apologists for the amazing Spider-Man, maybe they were going through a breakup <laughs> while they were watching yeah. it. And they're like, this got me through. It's like when people fall like, in love with like was, a six out of 10 album, but they swear it's a 10 because it pertained to their life exactly at that moment. I mean, that's gotta be yeah. it, right? Like it's just yeah, yeah unbelievably I think, bad. Ugh. I think one of the things I'm most interested about No Way Home, and it's gonna have to do, No Way Home might be outside of Endgame, the toughest balancing act narratively that we'll ever see so mm. far. I don't know how they're going to do this because they need to still make this very much about Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Yeah. But then they there are things that are going to happen for me that I'm like, so how do they redeem Andrew Garfield? As, what does a good Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker yeah. look like? I know. Or are they going to keep it canon of like, hey, he was just the emotional one? Because that's the thing. He if he shows up, out of place. If, if he shows up and acts like he does in the Amazing Spider-Man one and two, 
I'm going to be so bummed because I hate that. Yeah. But if he shows up and is functionally a different character played by the same actor, if he's a better Peter Parker, then I'm going to say, oh, this is inconsistent. This is not who he was. So is this a different, you know what I mean? It's like. Well, he could either be a variant or he's older. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's like is that's it, the needle is to thread, dangerous? but it's hard to win with that. It's it's you run the risk yes. of ruining, of making me dislike something by including yeah. things I don't like in it. Yeah. In No Way Home, is it dangerous to let Andrew Garfield be the version of Peter Parker that Andrew Garfield, the Oscar nominee, is capable of? Right. Like, is it dangerous to then measure him against the Tom Holland we know and love? Has Tom done enough? To still be my favorite Spider-Man. Oh, by the way, here's Toby again. Yeah. You remember Toby? He was great. Remember your first time swinging? Your first love. He's back. Yeah. He's back. Here's Bing Bong of Spider-Man's. <laughs> uh, is he just going to disappear <laughs> while we shoot for the stars? You know, it's like, I don't know. I have absolutely no <laughs> no idea. And in the end, is the saving is what's going to make it all work. Not necessarily Spider-Man, but Benedict Cumberbatch's Stephen Strange. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> what the heck, dude? It's just, yeah. I can't wait for this movie. I'm excited and terrified. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I think that- I have no idea. That's See, that's my trepidation with this movie, is that like, I don't particularly love the lizard from The Amazing Spider-Man. Electro from this is my super dump. Both of those boys are in the trailer for the movie that we're going to see next week. And that just makes me nervous. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm excited for it. And I think I will love it. But there's just this little bit of like, I know I don't like that. And yet you're yeah. putting it in my movie anyway. Oh, we'll see. I yeah. still am pretty firmly in Camp Flex. Like I genuinely believe that Kevin Feige knows the reception to these elements and is like, yes, watch sure. me do it right. Hey, Sony, watch me do it right though, is the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I. That's what I think. I really do, and I'm not particularly an optimistic person in general. I just uh, MCU has earned my trust up to and thus far, and so I think yeah. I think I just feel a little more confident in it than you. Um, you saying Feige's Feige's the instructor on your back on the skydive, yeah. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. Uh, there's two more things that we have to talk about, and one is Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <What the hell>? <laughs> <clears throat> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. That is the it one is, that that is the thing that's so bad. It is critically yes. panned, what? and the whole time he's on screen, I'm like, give me more Giamatti. <laughs> yes. Give me more Giamatti. <laughs> is he in the tracksuit mafia? Dude, right? Oh my gosh. The, rhin- the rhino mech. Tracksuit on. The rhino mech is awful. Yeah. Awful. It's kind of dumb. It's but he so is. Dumb. I mean, chef's kiss. He is. He is out of control in this movie. I love so- it. Out of control. How he did he is, read that script and go, this is what I should do? And how did nobody on set be like, Paul, you can't do that? Because he's it's, Paul Giamatti. It's akin to, it's in the family tree of Alan Rickman and Prince yep. of Thieves. Yep. Like, it is Jim Carrey's Riddler. It's like, what are yes. you doing? Yes. See, I was but thinking even Arnie's, it, uh, Arnie's Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Can't, well, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was about to spoil things. <laughs> Um, also, but just by the way, this is a side note, not one of my two things left on my list. Uh, we do find out who the shadow man is, by the way. It is Mr. Fierce. Vic, uh, yeah, who is that? Uh, Victor Freeze. Something Fierce? 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 Oh, that's right. I need to Google that. I don't remember. I almost called him Victor Freeze. Victor Freeze. Victor Freeze. 
Gustav Fears, known yeah. as the Gentleman, is a mysterious criminal associate of Harry Osborne and Oscorp Industries, as well as Norman Osborne. Hey, hey, cool. Um, the other thing, that is a sarcastic cool, by the way. I don't want anybody to misconstrue that. Who cares? The other thing that I want to talk about is the biggest missed opportunity in this whole movie, which is... Oh, that's going to be a strong claim because wow. I bet we could name one missed opportunity. It. Okay. The biggest one, tell me. The kid at the end in the suit, man, could have been an all-time great Spider-Man moment. And why was it not? Because the rest of the movie sucked. The rest of the movie part, so bad. Like, that is part of it, yes. Because the rest of the movie <laughs> sucked. I'll tell you why it wasn't. There's a few ingredients here. Number one, this is the pettiest one, but it's just a me thing. Should have been Miles. Absolutely mm. should have been Miles. There's nobody else that should have been. It should have been Miles in a suit idolizing Spider-Man from a distance. That's number one. Number two, I think this moment is better if the kid's mother is in danger and the kid in childhood innocence steps out and holds his hand out like Spider-Man to shoot Webb and a web shoots out and grabs Rhino and he gives a gasp. And then that's when Spider-Man says, hey, Spidey, tag me and let me take this one. You're doing a great job. Yeah, Thanks for yeah. standing in for me. And then just beats the, the crap out of Rhino. Like yeah. that moment, that line, when he calls the kid Spidey, that got my yeah. that got my tear factory that was really sweet. cranking up yeah. a little bit. It's a good moment. It's a Spidey moment when he calls the kid. I was numb. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. You, you were sort of, I knew what to expect. You were spent. More going yeah. up. Um, Could have been... Yeah, I cried all my tears. Could have been a <laughs> Spider-Man 2 on the train level moment and just absolutely was not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree and disagree. It's a good it, effort. It couldn't have possibly been because of everything Well, yeah, that, and that's what I mean is like in better hands, this moment is yeah. a 10. But because of where we are, it doesn't even, it doesn't even touch the net is it, it Is it even a one? Right, yeah, exactly. Is, yeah. It, does it register on the Richter scale? Um, but it, it just mourning what could have been, I think, is where yeah. I'm at. Yeah. I think folks who say that Andrew Garfield is their favorite Spider-Man are also mourning what could have been. I have said I put it, the phrase, I put it he's this, a good Spider-Man, not a good Peter. He's bad at both. Yeah. I put it in the same camp as folks who say Ben Affleck is their favorite Batman. You're you're that's mourning what that's there's nobody there. There's nobody in that camp. I don't think there are lots of folks in that camp that's who say Ben Affleck ridiculous. is my favorite Batman, and I think it is. Those folks are probably able to no. see what I can't see, which is the latent potential the and the imagine. passion of the actor, <laughs> uh, and see a reality in which the scripts were good. Um, but I do feel I do feel bad for Andrew Garfield. Yeah, of course. Like he, I think he comes out worse than anybody else in all of these. Look, 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 look. Ben Affleck. I love. Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Jamie Foxx. Like, I love these people. They're fantastic. I have enjoyed them in many a project. It's not this one. The scripts are just so bad. I just feel so bad for Andrew Garfield. Ben Affleck was a better Batman in Gone Girl than he was in any DC movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrew Carter Garfield's will not rest Spider-Man until everyone hates Ben Affleck. Say that again. I don't think you have to hate him. I think he's good when he's used right. I made an, I made an incredible is, joke that's just buried. It's just him. buried. No, it was good. It was it's good. Just buried. Say it again. No, it's time to rate this no, movie. Hey, pause the podcast. Say your joke again. No. You lost it. <laughs> you lost joke privileges. <clears throat> also, it's because I was talking over you. It's time to rate this movie. Before Using- we rate this, I do want to say that I think Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man in Tick, Tick, Boom than he was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Using science 
The same science that Doge used to reverse engineer my joke and steal it directly out from under me. Scientific cinema scale is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy that that poster. poster. Hey, guys. I don't think we're going to need that one Yeah, no, probably not. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it. And then stream it. And after that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. The worst thing we could ever say is that it was at least as good as The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> um, man. Oof. I'll go. If you if you still got to decide, I'll no, go. I, I got mine I think ready. I know, and I thought I knew coming in, as often happens, my position has become galvanized and extremified <laughs> during discussion. We radicalize ourselves by talking about movies. Right. By the end, we're just like ride or but I, die. I'm gonna go. I'm emotion. gonna go first to make sure that my. I don't want an asterisk next to this saying that it was influenced by anybody else. You know what I mean? Because I just came across as so wishy washy. God hath forsaken us on this one. I think, boys. Um, this is, and it's not even that the movie itself, like the actual like bits and bytes and pixels on my screen, are that particularly horrible. They are, but it's not just that. It is that this is. There is no excuse. Let, let me just put it like that. The source material is there. There's no excuse. There's no excuse to make a Spider-Man movie this bad. You intentionally made a bad movie. That's the only answer. So God has forsaken us. Shame on you. Yeah, I am realizing. So we've done, we did a whole series called Block Busted. And it was just really awful movies. Jupiter Ascending, Ugh. Cutthroat Island, things More like fun. that. Oh but I loved More those. Fun. I loved that yeah. experience. And so… While when you look at it and the people that invested, literally invested in those movies, lost so much money, they would say God has forsaken us. But for me, as a movie critic reviewer, I love the experience. So it it can't be there. So I think the line that I was talking about earlier to where it's so bad, it's not good, (laughs) is a God has forsaken us for me. And I'll have to say that for this movie. It's just, I never want to watch it again. And if it wasn't for this podcast, I might have never seen it. You know, and so it was like, uh, just it's awful. the difference between God has forsaken us, bad, and like disappointing, or like bad and a letdown. <laughs> I don't know how to describe. It's yeah. like it's like there's bad movies, and then there's like bad experiences, and yeah. this is yeah. a bad experience on top of being a bad movie. Yeah, it's a bad yeah. movie and I'm a not, bad time watching it. Yes. versus a bad movie and a good time watching Correct. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not vomiting after a. It's it's not like the good feeling of vomiting, but at least you enjoyed the buffet with all the really awful right. food. <laughs> right. It's just like I'm vomiting. I can't really place it. I just don't. Feel I contracted well. like norovirus from this movie. You contracted <laughs> retroviral hyperplasia. I didn't tell you. It's genetic. It's genetic. As it started, the shaking in your hand <laughs> and the weird. Uh, guys, we've been truly. We've been truly and thoroughly forsook in this one. Yeah, man. God hath forsaken us. This is so unbelievably bad. I was a lot warmer to it after I first watched it. Yeah, of course. Because I was excited about the things that this was a commercial for. Because at this point, Spider-Man was not in the MCU. We had just seen Civil War like a couple of months before. Or were we? No, No. not Civil War. Age of Ultron. Yeah. Uh, Like a couple months after this. Um, Spider-Man was not in the MCU yet. 
And so I was like, great. We're going to have all these Marvel movies with Captain America and Iron Man. And then we're going to have all these Spider-Man movies with Spider-Man and the Sinister Six. It's going to be so fun. And then now the fact that this is just an ad for things that did not ever and will never exist makes it unwatchable. There's literally nothing on my screen that I'm happy is on my screen. It's a complete waste of time. My prediction is Sony in the ultimate act of Sony level hubris tries to revive some of these ideas now that Spider-Man's taken Completely, completely agree. If Andrew Garfield is in No Way Home and people say, I'm happy to have Andrew Garfield back, they're going to say, guess what, guys? Sinister Six movie is back on. (laughs) And is it in the MCU? You'll just have to go see it to find out. Yep. Yep. Carter, I still think it's Feige's Trojan horse. I think so, I think he's like, here's what we'll do, Sony, to make you still think, hey, thanks for all you've done. I'm sorry, contractually, we ended up still making way more money than you did about this whole Spider-Man thing. Here's, we'll bring them all back. Why don't we bring them all back? And then he just kills them. He destroys (laughs) everything about what Sony used to do. Maybe Andrew Garfield has the the goblin disease in this one. Oh my God. Retroviral hyperplasia. I had to get it in there one more time. (laughs) Carter, are you happy that you watched these? Because now next week when Andrew Garfield shows up, you're going to say, I know that guy. Are you? Are you? I am. Okay. I think, I think it's good to have watched it for the sake of No Way Home. I really do. Yeah. And I'm kind of going to be upset to not see Emperor Electro, but <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Well, I'm Electro. <laughs> don't you know? I'm Electro. So I don't like, uh, here's another thing I've learned. I hate uh, I hate when people name themselves in the heat of the moment. So like if Spider-Man decides that his name is going to be Spider-Man because he's got spider powers and he's a man and that's where it goes, then great. Or when there's like the weird pressure. Let me rephrase that. When somebody confidently names themselves in the moment. So if somebody had <laughs> yeah. been like, if a news reporter had been like, what's your name? And he's like, uh, Electro. And they were like, okay, Great, we'll roll with that. Then that's one thing. But him being like, don't you know what everybody calls me because everybody calls me this because I've been around for longer than 48 seconds. I'm Electro. Yeah. Haven't you heard? (laughs) Don't you follow me on Twitter? Yeah, it's stupid. Check out my LinkedIn. I think the single best supervillain naming scene is in Spider-Man 2. The other Spider-Man 2, not this Spider-Man 2. No, I got it. When, When Jameson names Doc Ock. Yeah, sure. Science Squid. Yeah, that's a very good scene. Shocking that J.K. Simmons is part of the best naming scene because he's amazing. Hey, he was, uh, Jonah was in this in email form. Mm. He was. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Well, to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name. And uh, what is one element from this movie that we hope appears in Spider-Man No Way Home? Unconfirmed. Nothing that's been confirmed yet. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan. Wonders, that is. I personally hope that Webhand comes back. Mm. I think that would be mm. really special. I think that would be really great. It's the best scene in this movie. It was a cool creative uh-huh. decision that they it's definitely should power. have made. It's his coolest power. Yeah, his people coolest don't talk power about is making hands enough. out of webs. Yeah. yeah. That's his main power. Uh, I'm Doge. The final battle of Spider-Man No Way Home. We've got all three Spider-Mans there. And Doctor Strange holds up one finger and says, there is one more hero, Earth's greatest hero, the real Earth, not the comic book one. Earth's greatest hero, Earth's greatest rock star has to come say, and Philip Phillips comes yes, out of the portal. Yes, amazing. And he's singing a song. Yeah, he says, no, you're I'm going to make, 
I'm gonna <laughs> make this place your far from home. And then the movie cuts to black, it's over. And we, we don't actually know why it ended there, but maybe the fact that he said the name of the movie in his song, maybe that teaches us something about ourselves. I think Philip Phillips should have named his band Mumford and Buddies. Because it's just a Mumford, <laughs> Mumford and Buddies. Just for your sake, it would be, he would say No Way Home. Yeah, oh yeah, that that's right. That's okay. That's right. Uh, I'm Carter, and I'm a big fan of the Dom Toretto still fighting with a mm-hmm. wrench. You know, mm-hmm. bringing back the thing that you're like, we realize that's ridiculous, but we got to keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, fine. I'm telling you genuinely, I'm being the genuine one of the three for this end credit scene. If Paul Giamatti comes back as the rhino, I'm actually going yeah, to cheer. Yeah, of course. I think yeah. Al will love. I would love that. <laughs> that would be that would be so funny, right? Like if he comes back, I'm like, okay, wink, well, wink. When they, that's when they pretty knock incredible. out uh, Green Goblin and… Uh, uh, Willem Dafoe is there, and they're like, they're like, who's running the show? If you're here, how is everything still happening? And he's like, there is another. <laughs> and then it can cut to him being like, I'm the Rhino baby. Why was he Arnold? I just watched Shingle somehow, the other night. I'm somehow <laughs> Rhino returned. Somehow <laughs> Rhino. He's just like Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. It's it's me. <laughs> At the beginning of Jingle All the Way, Sinbad says Turtle Man, and I think that's the funniest line in the whole movie. Yeah. Guys, Jingle All the Way is really it's good. Honestly, it's so, so good. good. You're my number one customer. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.